0: All things automotive with the petrol head Nico Smith.
1: It's the petrol head. He's on the couch with a cup of coffee. How's it, Nico?
0: Good morning, Michelle. How are you?
1: I'm absolutely brilliant. So I have this desire. I know that our 52 week challenge is over, but I have a desire to try and beat my own thing of 16 seconds 30. So okay. are you are you up for that? I'm feeling okay. like I want to get it down, and I'm going to keep working on it. So, let's try it. Just okay. wait. I have to wait for Indosh to um, she's got a clock going. Okay, Indosh. on your marks. Get set. Go. Lucky, Alan, Roger, Roger, Polly, Timber, Hans, Jet Crew, Ian, Hans, Fish, Lucky, Ranjai, Raditi, Rod, Gulani, Timber, Gail, Ray, Anthony, Anthony, Nick, Timber, Kalma Mahunga, Aldred, Uver Uver Lynn's husband, Charlie, Ranjai, Casper, Gerald, Aubrey, Allen Jet Crew, Peter, Bongani, Imran, Ken, Shane, Tomela, Judy, Jet Crew, Hans, Mike, Peter, Inderbs, Lynn's husband, Charlie, Jans, Brandon, Peter, Sheila, Vaughan, Award, Oh, that was good. What was it? I don't know. I no, it was seventeen. <laughs> it was even higher than last week. Okay, I, I'm. I'm afraid I'm going to have to keep trying, because I'm determined to get this done. Nevertheless, the fifty-two. Is, it, is
0: week- it determined or competitive? Although I must say you're just competitive with yourself.
1: I'm competitive with myself, pal. I'm a very competitive <laughs> person with myself. It's like I want to improve myself all the time. I never am competitive
0: I do. too. I try not to be too competitive with games. <laughs> uh, but my my whole family we're all competitive so it's always interesting
1: <laughs> It's always good to compete with yourself I think that's what golf is about that you're competing with yourself in a weird way as I, I well I think
0: probably with a lot of things um, you, you you probably can decide to compete with yourself or not or push yourself a little bit more
1: Yeah, exactly If I was a free diver I would be competing with myself with breath as well so that does make a lot of sense Nevertheless um, so I want to say that we don't have the 52-week challenge, but I know that you've got lots to talk about today. And if our listeners would like to engage, they may do so. You're welcome to SMS Nico with your questions on 41391. You're also welcome to uh, WhatsApp us, voice message either or on 0614104107. Or seven one four two double o six. If there is anything you'd like to add to that as well, Nico, what's going on in the car world that you'd like to talk about? So,
0: Michelle, we we um, um, I'm talking about the Mazda CX-5 Carbon Edition
1: today. Yeah. But
0: I, I actually thought let me give you a little bit of background because um, some you know a lot of the times in life I, I realize we I take something for instance for granted and not everybody else actually knows how it works. So. I actually want to first tell you how press releases work or how, how when manufacturers give out information and, and I get information. So yeah. there's, there's different ways of doing it. Um, firstly, when a car is released, remember last week you spoke about the C-Class. So initially when there's an international release of a car, a manufacturer would give out a press release. And the press release would say, okay, this is the car, this is information. So that's basically giving you information. There's no cars to drive. The car has been launched internationally. So. It's more of of almost like an information session to say, this is what the car has, this is what it offers internationally, these are the engines. So that's just a basic press release. They might actually even do the same um, once it then comes to the country. So when a car is then launched in in South Africa, it could also be the same thing where it's just a press release. So again, um, they let all the journalists, motor journalists know, and okay, here's basic information about the vehicle. So in South Africa, these are the engines, this is the pricing, this is the South African spec. But again, it might a press release might not necessarily be any driving on the vehicle. It would only be information. Then there could, of course, also, or there, a lot of the time, there's a, a press launch. So on a press launch, um, there is vehicles to drive. So a press launch, they would uh, select certain media uh, representatives. You would go to the press launch. And on that day or uh, maybe two days or an overnight, you get to drive the vehicle. So the, the, they, they give information about the vehicle. Normally, the marketing guys are there. You can ask some technical questions. And they would normally have a drive set out, and you can drive the vehicle for a short time and get an experience. Then you also get a, a um, the manufacturers also then have a press fleet. So sometimes they would give, or they would then, not sometimes, but they would then have the press fleet, and a um, motoring journalist would, would book a vehicle, and then you would have the vehicle for a week. So you drive it from um, like this, Mazda, I start, drive it from Friday to Friday. And then lastly, some magazines or um, online publications could even get a long-term vehicle for, let's say, three months or longer, where they then drive the vehicle and live with it and see what that's like. So um, in the case of the CX-5, I actually had it for a week to drive, which is really nice. So um, that's effectively um, why sometimes I wouldn't necessarily say what the vehicle was like to drive because I haven't had an opportunity yet of just um, basically telling you what the press release is. So starting with the looks, what do you think of the looks? Because I'm sure you've got some images of... The Mazda okay, so, so I've got edition.
1: the yes, I've got the image of the Mazda in front of me, um, and my I'm looking at it now, mm-hmm. and so now this is the car that you drove for a week. That's correct.
0: Yes, yes I, I drove it for a week. I went to um, uh, visit some friends last week. Um, I drove a bit on a gravel road with it. I drove probably about 500 Ks uh, on on the open road. Of course, then I uh, well that was over the weekend.
1: Did you do Later like weekend. a bit of a road trip?
0: Almost like a little bit of a road. So we took a sort of a road trip. Yeah. And then I drove it for a week at home. Um, and uh, so in other words, I've lived with it for a week. Um, and, and that's always a nice way of living with a car because a test drive or a press release or even a, a press launch is a little bit shorter. Um, living with it for a week, you get a much better idea of what the vehicle's like. So starting with the design, what do you think? Or should I, should I give my opinion?
1: Now, I'm going to get to that in a moment. But we, one of the things you then obviously have to talk about is the difference between road tripping. Mm -hmm. and driving around um, our potholed cities. Because, let's be (laughs) frank, that's...
0: that's Yeah, I'm Nico, not Frank, but yes. I'm I'm not going to be Frank. (laughs) Let's do a a 52-week challenge.
1: (laughs) What can I call you every single day, every single week for the next 50? Nico, Frank... That was a
0: bad dad joke, so let's just ignore that and continue. Yeah, it was a very
1: bad dad joke. Okay, so Nico, I think it looks... It looks like a mashup between the Toyota Corolla, um, the Toyota is it the Corolla or the Conquest? I can't remember. Like what, which, which, and the um, Audi. It looks like a mix between really? those two.
0: So, I guess okay, so. Maybe you you seeing Audi because of that big um, uh, grille in the front. Um, yeah. I think it's a, a sexy-looking car. So the Carbon Edition has black wheels, which immediately makes it stand out in small little black details. Yeah. So it has a big grille, but what I like about it is it has these thin lights. A lot of the manufacturer's cars and a lot of the comp- competitors have, have big lights, where these lights are a thin line on the left and right. And so from the front end, it actually is even more aggressive when you see it in real life than it is in the picture. So okay. very nice and a very sporty front-end look. Um, I think that's probably the strength of the of the CX5 is the front end. On the back, it, it's nice and sporty looking, but yeah. I, I would definitely think that the, from the front, that's um, the strength of the the CX5. And from the side, with those those dark carbon wheels, it's a good looking car. And they, of course, they they're quite big. So you know, big mags always add to maybe let's call it a city or an urban appeal on the vehicle. It, it really is um, a good looking. And then 19-inch wheel alloy wheels as well. So really that helps to, as well, make it look really quite sporty from the outside. Have you got some pictures of the inside? I'll, uh, while you're looking, I'll tell you. Tell, um, tell us about it. So what I like about the inside is it's a very clear and um, almost a minimalist uh, design. So well laid out. Um, uh, it has a very horizontal design on the inside where you have your air vents, then a screen on top, and then a, a conventional uh, instrument binnacle, in other words, conventional speedometer and rev counter. But what I like is... Um, there's buttons, and um, so a lot of manufacturers are going to touchscreens, and in this case, the buttons works well. I like the manual climate control. So a clear, simple layout. It's not confusing. Um, the friends that I went to have a visit as well, they went to visit. They looked inside, and they said, oh, they like the design. It's simple. It's easy to understand what is where. So a clear, minimalistic design that I really quite like. It's a nice place to be, and, of course, comfortable leather seats on the carbon edition. Um, that also helps to, to make it a, a, a nice place. They're not bucket seats, but they're still quite comfortable.
1: Okay. So, you know, I'm interested in, I'm I'm thinking about the fact that the the, the advertising around it focuses on the fact that it's Japanese craftsmanship. Now, we all know that Japanese craftsmanship is always quite beautiful and quite um, very simple, elegant lines. Mm. Um, Is that the case here?
0: Definitely, I, I, and I, I did, when I when when I, when I drove it, it definitely has that feeling of elegant and simple design, and I like that. Yeah. I like that. That so um, that design-wise, as I said, it really is a, it's a nice place to be in. Um, the what one thing though, it, it's been around for quite a few years. So if you do look uh, look at the system, it's still a manual system. A lot of the competitors have gone to a touchscreen system. So even it works quite well and it's easy to understand, but it is slightly showing its age against the competitors, although that didn't bother me at all. But um, some of So manual have...
1: manual as opposed to automatic? Is that what no, you no. saying? No,
0: no. What I mean is manual. In other words, a lot of the competitors have a touch screen. This still has a button interface. There's a button behind the gear lever where you control the, the whole system, which actually really works well. But the interface, um, some of the competitors feel slightly newer in the interface. But to be honest, it didn't really put me off you. Um, I, uh, it has CarPlay as standard, and I use that quite a lot. In other words, plug in my phone and it mirrors my phone on the screen and when I was driving every time I would plug the phone in it has a USB port in the center console and I would actually mirror my phone and a lot of people are doing that nowadays because you're probably listening to, to music um, on your phone while you're doing it um, and the car didn't, doesn't have navigation as standard so you can then also use the navigation system from your phone.
1: Nico, I just want to take you back to you you're talking about the carbon edition. Just clarify mm. again for us what we mean by the carbon edition. <laughs>
0: So, so my, the, the CX-5 has, has different derivatives. Uh, uh, no, that's the right word. Different um, uh, derivatives, that's the right word. So you get an uh, an active, then you get the, the two-liter dynamic, and then you get the two-liter carbon edition. So um, it effectively is a special edition that has over and above, it really has a long list of um, 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 uh, standard specification, But this then has data running lights, uh, adaptive LED headlights, Parking sensors, blind spot monitoring, rear cross traffic alert. In other words, when you're reversing and a car's coming in, it warns you. Lane departure warning, lane keeping assist, smart brake support. So if, if a car in front of you stops in city, it'll warn you. Driver alert, head up display, Bose sound system, memory seats. Um, and then, leather, as we said, leather with red stitching, um, black form on the dashboard and panels, and these 19-inch wheels. So those are some of the specifications that make up the carbon edition. Apart from that, um, uh, with the electric seats, it really, as I said, it, it is um, a lot of um, specification is standard on the vehicle. So it probably has all the, the, the features that you would want in a vehicle to make life simple and make life comfortable.
1: So we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, you're going to tell us more. What I'd like to just let you know is that my very first car that I bought myself was a second-hand Mazda. It was a mustard color um it literally got stolen within a month of me having it Aww. i was gutted but nevertheless i'll never forget that mustard color as a car not the best color but what a no. car it was in that month nevertheless it's 10 to 9 we've got to go to a break when we come back uh, nico our petrol head will give us uh, the ins and outs of the, the mazda cx5 carbon edition
0: all things automotive with the petrol head nico smith
1: Neko, we do have a couple of questions to go to. So I'm going to um, ask you to just give us a, a sense of the Mazda CX5 Carbon Edition. You've told us about okay. the inside, the outside. Let's what, talk is about the, the engine? what is the engine and the cost?
0: Cool. So, um, engine, it's a two litre um, sky active technology. So, that's um, Mazda's um, uh, fuel injection te- or engine technology. 121 kilowatts, 213 newtons. So, this is a normally aspirated, so, this is not a turbo car. Um, It has more than enough power, but because it's not a turbo car, it relies a little bit more on rev. So you need to, the engine would, as you accelerate, would always get down a little bit to to rev a bit more. So it relies a bit more on on the kilowatt high end as opposed to that to low end torque. But the performance is still okay. Um, The fuel consumption is actually quite impressive. So um, there's a claim around 8 litres or 8.4 litres per 100 kilometres. And over that distance, I got very close to it. So it actually is quite impressive Um, for such a big vehicle, because it is quite big, and having a 2-litre, the fuel consumption is actually, um, I find it pretty good. So overall, um, I would say this is definitely a good vehicle to consider if you're looking at um, this price packet. So the CX-5 2-litre carbon edition, of course, this vehicle's front-wheel drive, sets you back 565,800 rand. So, of course, there are some some good competitors in this segment as well. Um, So you have Mazda up against Excellent competitors, but I definitely, if this is your um, price bracket and you're looking for an SUV, you should definitely give the CX-5 Carbon Edition a a look.
1: So SUV, um, half a bar. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you rate it out of 10?
0: Sure. I would rate it, uh, Michelle, I would probably say a a 7.5 or an 8. So uh, comfortable vehicle to drive, very, very good standard specification, good fuel consumption, um, a car that I quite liked.
1: What happened to the other two and a half?
0: So I think um, what I'm missing a little bit is performance. end. Um, it is lacking if you look at some of the competitors that have diesel engines mm. and that have turbo technology. Um, you can feel that difference when they, with turbo is the low in torque. And I think that's maybe where it makes a difference. And then maybe the infotainment system that is not as new as the latest cars. But as, as I said, I didn't really miss it. So it's really a car I enjoyed.
1: Fantastic. Well, there we have it, the Mazda CX-5 Carbon Edition. We've given you the inside, the outside, and all the deets. Nico, William wants to know which is best, a 3-litre Hilux petrol or diesel? Ooh, uh,
0: personal choice is a diesel. Probably most South Africans would go for a diesel. Um, a diesel is really quite popular when you're going to sell it one day. I like the diesel for the low in torque that it has. Um, I, um, so uh, But uh, you're probably talking about an older vehicle, not a new one. Um, that oh, that um, I would definitely always go for a diesel Hilux, and I think most South Africans would. Um, uh, fuel consumption is better. lower on torque and drivability is nice. Um, petrols really are much better if you're dicing or going faster for a car. I don't really – I've never really liked them in a bucket, although I must say that old 2.7 I thought was quite a sweet engine, but diesel.
1: Diesel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, E.S. Macheco wants to know, how great is the Toyota Prada Land Cruiser model 2010 yes. to 2015 diesel or petrol automatic gearbox?
0: Ooh, gear, so he's asking about the gearbox. No, that's, that's interesting. I, I, those, listen, Prado is always a great vehicle. <laughs> I've always been, they, um, they're they great off-roading vehicles. They hold their value very, very good. Um, I think if I, actually, now just think, I think you've got them in 3-liter diesel and 4-liter v6s um the the three oh no yes the Cedar diesel wasn't particularly fast um but it was um, which one was uh, that the diesel the diesel yeah. was quite fast but it was heavy on fuel
1: gearbox i don't actually
0: know if i'm honest how i i, I think normally Toyota's and prados are very reliable cars but you don't know if somebody's abused the car and they've really towed heavy trailers with it because that might damage the gearbox but overall i really haven't heard that there were issues with the prado um, and as I said, Prados hold their value very well. They're very, very popular. Um, but the diesel is probably, again, the better choice, although that, that diesel was never very fast. You know? Overtaking was, took some planning. Yeah. But there was, there was still the one I'd take, the diesel.
1: Nico, you talk about um, your, de- your gearbox being damaged. Very b- mm-hmm. briefly explain to us how that works.
0: So, what can happen is, um, and I really, the only way I think you can damage a gearbox on a Prado, I, that, and again, this is an opinion, I, I don't have sex is what I think. If you tow a very, very heavy trailer in, in, in off-road conditions or long distance, and it's really quite heavy, um, it might be that, that might do damage to the gearbox. Um, but, uh, you know, Michelle, they are different gearboxes. So um, gearboxes that have torque converters, I'm trying not to get too technical, are actually normally quite reliable. So torque converter is simply the way that the engine and the gearbox is connected. And that's with two fans that sit in oil. So effectively, there's no direct connection, which really means that this is a very reliable type of gearbox. The newer gearboxes that are twin-clutch, and a lot of manufacturers are using twin-clutch gearboxes, rely on two clutches so they're directly connected with two. Let's imagine two plates that are pushing together, yeah. um, and that's called a clutch. But now that the downside is with the twin-clutch type gearboxes, if you are pulling away, um. Or you're sitting at a traffic light and you slip it and you and, and, and you've got the okay, holding n- the car there, so it doesn't roll forwards or backwards, and you're slipping the clutch, which is damaging that clutch.
1: So, okay, Nico, there's a question here. Um, a WhatsApp saying, please ask Nico. What are the what are the dangers of replacing original car parts?
0: Well, the thing is, if you if, you, if you're not replacing it with with some with, with other parts, they might fail. Because, yes, they might be cheaper, but they're not necessarily tested by the manufacturer. They might look the same. Sometimes the box even looks the same. But they haven't gone through the same stresses like um, the, the, the parts on the, that the manufacturers have. So you've got to make that decision yourself always. The cost is less, but it, it, it's not been tested by the manufacturer. So they might fail. And then if it's critical parts like brakes, well, that might be a quite, a, quite a problem or quite an issue. So it also does depend on what, is it just a little switch that you're replacing or is it breaks? Is it a mechanical part? I would be very careful with replacing many mechanical parts if I don't actually know who they're from. Of course, some manufacturers have other kind of companies that, that supply parts, but for, for, for mechanical parts, be careful if you're just replacing something and it's much cheaper. You must ask yourself why. It's your decision, but personally, I would not do it.
1: So don't go for gray parts when it's a mechanical part if you can avoid it. Yeah. Quick question and quick answer needs to be, can I fit a turbocharger on a compressor C180 WD203 model? Yes, I'm
0: not sure how you're going to do that. That's interesting. Just Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if that's possible. Yeah, yeah. If it's already got a super char- uh, supercharger on there, I don't think there's going to be space in the engine bay to now fit a turbo.
1: Okay, that's your answer.
0: That's my short answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you asked for a short one. You got one. <laughs> Nico, we look forward to chatting to you next week. Thanks for answering our questions. Uh, what are you going to drive this week? Um, my car. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's nine o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning.